ಶಹನಾವತು ಶಹನೌ ಘುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಕರ್ವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿದ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಓಂ ಮೇ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನ್ ಪ್ರೊಟೆಕ್ಟಸ್ ಮೇ ಹಿ ಗೈಡಸ್ ಮೇ ಹಿ ಗಿವ್ ಅ ಸ್ಟ್ರೆಂತ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ರೈಟ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡಿಂಗ್ ಮೇ ಲವ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹಾರ್ಮನಿ ಬಿ ವಿತ್ ಅ ಸಾಲ್ ಓಂ ಪೀಸ್ 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 ಬಿ ಅನ್ ಟು ಅ ಸಾಲ್ ಸೊ ಗುಡ್ ಮಾರ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರೆಂಡ್ಸ್ this peace chant we are regularly repeating we are seeking harmony and peace the year round specifically this time of the year we are reminded more intensely about the need for peace and harmony when several of the major religions of the world they are celebrating some of their major festivals hindus are celebrating like dashera durga puja muslims are celebrating eid ul fitr these are among the most important festivals and the underlying message of all these great celebrations are always about spreading peace unity harmony everywhere so the topic selected for today was how to promote unity and harmony unity and peace everyone is talking about unity and peace but still there is so much dissent among people so much hatred in the human society so much disharmony that a huge amount of human energy and material resources is wasted every day huge huge amount of that instead of spreading unity instead of spreading harmony even those who are at least externally talking about unity and harmony they are creating more dissension sometimes their efforts in many cases are counterproductive so whom to we look forward to to get a clue what to do what is the right way to promote unity harmony peace of course there have been great messengers of god and great saints and sages from time to time who have given us 
wonderful ideas, teachings, suggestions, advices that if followed sincerely and properly would lead us to the same goal. But one name among all of them comes out very prominently to our mind. The figure of Lord Buddha, the great Gautama Buddha who might be considered as the personification of peace and unity and harmony. Just his figure in our mind, if meditated upon, brings a wonderful feeling of peace. And all through his life, and that was stretched quite long because he was among those rarest of those messengers of God who lived a long life. He lived more than 80 years in earthly existence, of which more than 40 years was devoted to spreading peace and unity and harmony among people. And the great work he has done is still bearing fruit after about 2,500 years and doing miracle in bringing peace and unity among people. So I picked up Buddha's message for today's topic to think about this idea about how to promote unity and peace. So this happened in Buddha's life. And one of the reasons that Buddha's message was picked up that Buddha explicitly taught this topic. He, he gave clear advice, instruction, teachings on this particular concept. That what to be done to bring peace and unity among people. What works. As I said, in the teachings of all other great prophets and teachers, there are wonderful thoughts, wonderful teachings. But in case of Buddha, we find very clearly he is talking on this particular subject. So once it so happened that when he was traveling through North India and he reached a city called Koshambi, he was informed about the dissension that was prevailing in his monastery there. Also, Buddha was one of those rarest of the uh, breeds among great prophets and incarnates who during his own lifetime had been able to found his monastic order and could uh, observe its tremendous growth. So while Buddha was living, his monastery flourished in many different cities. And in Buddhistic monasteries, there used to live huge number of monks and later on nuns also, very large number of them. Later on, there have been several thousands of them would be living in one, one monastery. 
several thousands. So his monastery used to be very large in size. And naturally there should be many problems cropping up now and then when too many people are sharing the same monastery. So Buddha was reported about the discords that were prevailing in the local monastery and Buddha visited that monastery and he asked all the monks to come to him. And to those monks he addressed in these words. I am telling these are the English translation from his actual teaching in the book that is called Dhammapada. Dhammapada is the collection of the teachings of Bhagavan Buddha. And Buddha said to them, bhikkhus, bhikkhu means monk. It is a Sanskrit word. Sanskrit word, actual word is bhikshu, which has been in Pali, been pronounced as bhikkhu. And the, and the language of Buddhistic literature, as Buddha spoke, was Pali, which was the prevailing language of the common people in India those days. So in Dhammapada it is in Pali, and Buddha addressed the monks as bhikshu or bhikkhu. Literally it means the beggars. Bhikshu means beggars because the monks are supposed to live on arms only and not supposed to have anything to call their own, any position. So it is a very honorable uh, uh, name given to the monks. They are very honored to be called as beggars. That is the tradition. So. Buddha addressed his own monks, said, Bhikkhus, you are disputing among yourselves and hurling taunts at one another because you do not seem to know the states of consciousness that lead to unity and peace. Bhikkhus, there are six states of consciousness that are conducive to unity and peace. They appear in the following way. Acts of goodwill towards fellow being performed. Words of goodwill sincerely spoken. Thoughts of goodwill sincerely harbored. Sharing with others of all that you have down to the last crumb of bread. Very interesting. Because during the time of Buddha, the idea of communism, socialism, etc. was not even uh, dreamt of anywhere else. Everywhere, all over the world, it was the monarchy system of uh, uh, administration, and that was accepted, and everyone believed in that. Uh, and there, Buddha is promoting this uh, concept of sharing with others all that you have got to the last crumb of bread to bring real peace and harmony among all people, this is the fourth condition, the state of consciousness that is required. What he is talking about, something more than just what we can express outwardly. It is the state of consciousness that is 
what is need needed. This is fourth. Fifth is sharing with others your higher life of flawless virtues. And sixth one is removing all evil around you with the noble saving creed of love. Then Buddha speaks forward, he says that these are the expressions of six states of consciousness that produces unity and peace. Listen, because this, these six states of consciousness lead to super-knowledge. Super-knowledge means that realization of nirvana. Each of these leads successively a step further, and while there is something further to be done, let there be no falling back in your steps. So this is the way, the order of purification or upgradation or growing further of your consciousness, one step higher, was as uh, explained by Buddha. The state of consciousness about acting the goodwill that is within you. The action is the first state of consciousness. Second is the spoken words, sincerely spoken, that would express the goodwill that you have got within you in the deeper layers of your consciousness, that state of consciousness. This is the second step. After you have started functioning, working in your day-to-day -day life to show your goodwill towards others, go further, finer, that speak words conducive to promote the goodwill that you are actually having within your consciousness, state of consciousness, that has been able, been able to be expressed in the form of words, good words, fine words, pleasing words, that creates the unity and peace outside also. Third one is the thoughts of goodwill sincerely harbored. That kind of state of consciousness, this is the third one. Of course, we know it that if you can purify your thoughts and the thoughts of consciousness is brought to the level where you are sincerely harboring goodwill towards everyone outside, towards the entire world. If you have purified your consciousness to the level, then your words will be very nice, very sweet, very friendly, affect everyone with love. It will create the genuine unity and peace and harmony outside. And you will be spontaneously acting in a way that will also show your expression of goodwill towards everybody. But as Buddha has given us, these are the steps one should go from one level to another. 
and he has also explained that one will lead to the other, that we should start working first. Perhaps in our heart still there is some amount of hatred, but that should not stop us from doing good to others, showing our goodwill by our actual action, and that should be the first step taken. And from there, go to the next step, that always remember to speak in a way that promotes goodwill and unity, and never creates any kind of discord or disharmony, or bitterness among the listeners. That amount of restraint of your own mind should be then be mastered, and from there, go to further refinement of your heart, of your consciousness, and go to create that state of consciousness within yourself that your thoughts are always having goodwill only towards everyone, towards all. And this is something which others will not know. If you are harboring hatred instead of goodwill, instead of friendship, others will not know. You might speak good, you might uh, act well, but still you might harbor ill will against others. So this is further deeper and further higher and further superior and subtler a level which has to be reached as Buddha taught, after a lot of practice in those first two levels, you would be able to achieve that level of purification of your consciousness. And then comes the fourth, which is to achieve the state of consciousness by virtue of which you will be always willing to share with everyone everything that you have got to the last crumb of bread. That is important because there are many, many great donors in this world we know who uh, have donated billion dollars for great philanthropic activities. But that is a fraction of what they have got. A person who will be the peacemaker of this world and will be successful and who will be genuinely radiating peace and unity in this world is a different man. He's a different person altogether. He has raised his own consciousness to the level where he is prepared to share with everyone, everywhere, whatever he has got with him, to the last crumb of bread. No doubt, uh, Buddha was a great uh, propagator of monasticism in this world, <laughs> because uh, naturally there will be doubts in people's mind that uh, how that could be feasible in a householder's life to share with everyone 
to the last crumb of bread, everything that one has got, that kind of readiness, willingness. And then comes the fifth, fifth level of further refinement of consciousness. The state of consciousness for sharing with others your higher life of flawless virtues. Now, this is something which you have to first achieve. Otherwise, what you are going to share with others? The flawless virtues, the higher qualities of one's character. A person who has risen to that level of saintliness when is he or she is not uh, hoarding anything for his own self. He wants to share with everybody in this world, whatever he has got, his very fine life of flawless virtues he is sharing with everyone else. We see in the great Life stories of all those saints, sages, prophets, avatara, incarnation, sons of God, that how they shared with others their own lives of flawless virtues. They, most of them, they were penniless people. Buddha was himself a beggar. He was a bhikkhu. He had renounced everything to become Buddha. So how, what was that he was sharing with others? He was sharing with other others his higher life of flawless virtues. And by doing so, he was spreading a huge, powerful wave of peace and harmony and unity. Think of Ramakrishna who appeared in our modern life just over 100 years back. He was there. He was a pauper by materialistic way. He had nothing. When he was appointed as a priest in the temple of Kali in Dakshineshwar, he was offered a salary. And he was asked to come every first day of the month and sign signature here, please, to get your monthly salary. He said that, I'm sorry, I'm not going to sign. I'm not asking you anything to give to me. I won't sign. If you want to give this money to somebody else, you are free to give it. I won't sign. Of course, they kept that money in his account, that office of the Kali Temple administration. And later on, that was given to Holy Mother Sarada Devi. That is a different story. But I'm talking that the, these great people, what they had to give to others? Well, Hundreds and hundreds of people will be all the time coming and his doors are always open day and night and they will be watching him, talking about God, advising them about how to attain God and going now and then into Samadhi. 
in high spiritual communion with God and living a flawless life day in and day out, day after day, year after year. In front of everybody, that was the demonstration and that was the sharing. Sharing with others of a higher life of flawless virtues. That we see in the life story of Holy Mother Sharda Devi as well. What was that she was giving to everyone? She was sharing with others this spotless life of flawless virtues. And by doing so, they have done a wonderful amount of good to the people. Whoever came to them, they returned back fully Uh, uh, satisfied with what it is all about spirituality, about God. Their heart was full with joy and peace and they could not but love God and love all human beings around them, whoever came in contact with them. And this is true for all the great prophets and all the sages and saints in the life. And what Buddha is talking about, this fifth level of raising one's consciousness is talking about this. He is saying that sharing with others your higher life of flawless virtues. So, of course, this is a very, very higher state of achievement in a spiritual ladder because unless you have acquired within your own life some amount of virtues, your character has become to some respect flawless, you are not able to give anybody anything from this standpoint. You have to have something and then only you can start spreading that, sharing with others. Before that you can share with others whatever you have got with you and until your last crumb of bread, that you can try. <laughs> and then comes the sixth state. What is that? Buddha teaches that removing all evil around you with the noble saving creed of love. Removing all evil around you with the noble saving creed of love. And what Buddha is talking about is really not in the reach of ordinary human beings. For ordinary human being, confrontation with evil is not that easy. That you can win over evil with love alone. That is a divine power which has been expressed by Jesus Christ or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his life story we have seen. That when he was leading a profession every morning, Chaitanya, Sri Chaitanya and his main disciple, his name was Nityananda, they used to go around the village of Navadip every morning 
chanting the name of the Lord. Then two drunkards, they confronted. Those drunkards, they were disturbed by this, what these people were doing. There was a big procession going on, singing the name of the Lord every morning around the village. And these two drunkards, their name was Jagannath and Madhav, nicknamed Jagai Madhai. And they were very much disturbed. And in their drunken state, they hurled on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the earthen pot in which they were drinking wine. And that pot was hurled on their head and it broke their both. It had created very big wounds on their head, cut deep, and broken that pot. So, by inflicting this huge amount of pain on them, they only could arouse more love in those great souls. So, Chaitanya and Nityananda, they, out of ecstatic divine love, they rushed towards these two people and said that, okay, okay, you have hit me, that's fine, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that I am not going to give you the love of God. I am now out to distribute the love, of, love for God to everyone. Don't mind whatever you have done. But please tell, please chant name of Hari. Please, please. I, I, I fall on your feet. And by doing so, instantaneously they, they, they converted those two drunkards into devotees. These two people were so much overwhelmed by these great lovers of God that they immediately they changed and they fell instead at the feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and they since that day onwards, they themselves become saintly figures. They become great devotees. So, when Buddha is talking about removing all evil around you with the noble saving creed of love, this is something uh, very, very higher a level of achievement. And this is the last of the six steps Buddha has given. In the life story of Christ, the last episode, he is being crucified. Imagine the pain, imagine the insult all along before that. And what Christ was doing in exchange for that, he was just trying to condone the sins of those people. And by doing that, what did he do? By his this kind of showing love in exchange of all the pain and suffering and everything, he has, for thousands of years, he has converted a huge amount of evil in this world into good. 
a huge amount of millions and millions of evil persons in this world have been transformed. And by what? By this power of divine love. So what Buddha is talking about, Buddha is telling about this high level of consciousness. This is removing all evil around you with the noble saving creed of love. Buddha further teaches that these are the expressions of six states of consciousness that produces unity and peace. Listen, because these six states of consciousness lead to super-knowledge, each of these leads successively a step further. And while there is something further to be done, let there be no falling back in your steps. So you continuously try, but wherever you reach, just try further and never come back from there. Now, these teachings of Buddha is very much necessary today when we see all around us that this world at various level is experiencing so much dissension, so much conflict, war, fighting, so much ill will, hatred being spread all over that it is very, very important a message that we have to remember now. We must be very much convinced about that one fact. It is this that the state of consciousness that we are living in, the state of consciousness that is out there in this world, they very much affect each other. If there is this state of hatred in this world very much existing, then individually we cannot live in a very quiet, calm, peaceful state of mind. And conversely also it is true that the way we live in within our own self, the state of consciousness that is existing in our own mind, in our own heart, will surely affect the state of affair in the world outside. However small and however uh, uh, little part it has to play, but it will surely affect the state of this world. Most of us, of course, we believe that we are too insignificant a person in this world. And therefore, what, what, how does it matter that how we feel, the feeling of love and unity towards all, or if we have got some amount of hatred or ill feeling towards others, how does it change this world? Many of us, we feel like that. And many others are there who consider that to be something they need not think about. They are too engaged within their own self and in their own affairs. But whatever state of mind we have got, in either case, 
we cannot keep ourselves aloof from this affairs of this world. If anything happens somewhere else in the, some other part of this world, a war is going on, some conflict is there in Nigeria, some uh, rebels are uh, disrupting some oil pipelines uh, run by the government there, uh, uh, the local uh, pump will show higher price in the gasoline. Uh, uh, immediately we shall see the prices in the, in the uh, grocery stores are rising. We cannot keep ourselves aloof from the state of affairs going outwards anywhere else in this world. We all are having some amount of dream aspiration that we want to uh, see uh, successful in this lifetime. We want to live happily. We want to grow and fulfill our those aspirations. And those aspirations cannot be fulfilled unless and until some amount of peace and harmony is existing around us immediate surrounding, as well as in the uh, uh, world at large. So, this precondition for our own fulfillment of these goals of achieving some amount of happiness, fulfilling any kind of dreams that we are having individually, it depends very much on the existence of peace, existence of harmony, both at home as well as outside. Of course, there are many a people who are sincerely interested in spreading peace and unity and harmony. We see so many different activities going on, so many different faith-based as well as secular organizations are there, as well as the individual persons who are very serious about spreading unity, harmony, and peace everywhere. But we find that finally very few of them are successful to certain amount, and many of them, they only meet failure in their life, that they never achieve the goal that they started with. So what is the reason why they don't meet success? Most of us, we seek peace on our own terms. We seek peace on our own terms, and in such selfish methods lie hidden the seeds of dissension. Therefore, naturally, those methods, they don't bring, bring peace and harmony. Instead, they destroy even the hopes of those peace and harmony that we expect in the beginning. Not that they did not want peace, but they did not know the real procedure to achieve those peace. Peace and unity and harmony and justice that we talk in the beginning. So we need to listen to these great teachers that have given these steps that are proven through thousands of years to be 
the right steps for achieving these goals. Buddha, as I mentioned, that he did not teach that these peace and harmony are the outcome of something, some measures that we might adopt outwardly. He laid great emphasis on the underlying cause that will create this peace and harmony outside. And therefore, he is talking about the states of certain types of consciousness that we need to know and try to develop within ourselves, without which no amount of outward activity will ever be able to bring peace and harmony in this world. So let us talk about this concept of raising the consciousness to the level that it will always harbor the thoughts of goodwill towards everyone. Thoughts of goodwill sincerely harbored that Buddha taught because as I already mentioned that if we have got that thoughts of goodwill properly developed within our own self, if the state of consciousness has gone to that level where we can only have goodwill towards everyone and no amount of ill will, then it will be spontaneous for us to speak also in a way that that will spread only goodwill and bring peace and unity. And also it will always prompt us to do some work that will help others and also send this message of goodwill towards everyone. All these steps will become very natural and spontaneous for us if we can raise our state of consciousness to this level. The state of consciousness with the help of which all the time we are harboring in our mind only goodwill towards all else. This unity of Unity and peace outside, when we are thinking about it, we should be very clear about one thing, that this unity and harmony is going to be materialized outside when it is first born within us. Unless and until in our own mind we have been able to create a, an amount of peace and harmony, it will never be possible for us to spread it outside. It has to be first done in one's own thought process and then only it can be spread outside. Then only it will be materialized in this world. So we have to ask ourselves very sincerely that do we want peace at all? If we want peace at home and peace in this world, we must have peace within our own self. And we must wish everybody well. Thoughts of goodwill must sincerely be harbored. Now, these thoughts to be really effective, there is a precondition which is very important. This precondition is that these thoughts of goodwill has to be universal in nature. 
This is a very important precondition. Why? Because there won't be a single person in this world who is not having some amount of thoughts of goodwill harbored, but they are having those goodwills towards a limited number of people around them. They will have genuine, sincere thoughts of goodwill towards those people that they consider their own. Those people who share their opinions, those people who serve their own interest, those people whom they would consider their friends, their relatives, their kith and kin, their own. Towards these people, always there will be the thoughts of goodwill only. But what about others? Those who will not share their opinions, those who will not serve their interest, for those people there will be also, along with those goodwills in the heart, other part of the heart will be carrying a lot of ill will, ill feeling for them. This is what we find existing in our own heart. This is the state of consciousness for almost all people in this world. Because of this condition prevailing in our hearts, we do not succeed in spreading goodwill, we do not succeed in spreading harmony, peace, and love outside also. When we have some amount of ill will also conceived in our heart, along with some goodwill, what happens is that they neutralize each other. They neutralize each other and therefore they make those ill wills very effective in not letting those good wills to work. Just take an example. Suppose a person has got some amount of will illness, somebody is sick and goes to a doctor, and doctor prescribes him some medicine. He must take this medicine in a particular way for a long period of time to be cured. Along with that, there is some kind of warning against some other things to be taken. There is a diet also to be followed. He must not eat such and such other things. What will happen if the person will take both of them? Take medicines as well as those other food which is working as poison. Those medicines will not work. So this happens in our own system as well. Whatever is right for this physical existence, the physical level of our existence is also correct for our mental level. If we have got some amounts of genuine thoughts of goodwill but limited to some people, along with which we are also harboring enough amount of ill will towards some other people, then they will neutralize each other and therefore those harboring of goodwill towards some people will also not be effective. This is what we need to know. 
what would have happened to Christ if he had only uh, uh, goodwill towards all his disciples and followers and not to his tormentors? He would not have been uh, even remembered today. He became Christ the Savior because he had not only goodwill uh, limited to the people who loved him, who worshipped him, who followed him, but also towards everyone else who were like enemies to him, who were giving him all sorts of suffering, pain, and insults. So, to make the goodwill effective, make the goodwill really work, work for the sake of spreading unity and peace, what we are talking today here, it is a very important precondition that this goodwill has to be universal in nature. If we look back and study the life stories of all those great messengers of peace, messengers of harmony, even those who are not basically a spiritual teachers, even in their lives. Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, they were not spiritual teachers, basically. They came as a kind of social reformer uh, or a political leader kind of life they lived. But they spread a huge amount of harmony and peace around them. How they succeeded in doing that? It was possible because they never harbored ill will even against those who acted like enemy to them. They only had, in their own state of consciousness, in their own mind, in their heart, love for everybody. So unless this love is universal, unless this goodwill is universal in nature, it, it is not effective in a big way. To make this goodwill effective, we have to practice this goodwill on all, irrespective of whether these people are our own people, friends, or those who oppose to us, those who don't like us. We should always remember there is no such thing as just or justifiable ill will. There, no such thing uh, exists. Of course, we hear about it all the time. When we hear about the, the, the conflict that is going on, in the Middle East and other places, then uh, when we, when we uh, hear about the, those terrorist bombing and attacks and other things, uh, there is always this kind of talks that this ill will is justifiable, but there is no such thing as just or justifiable ill will. These kind of ill will will never bring peace, never bring harmony, never will be successful in bringing ultimately unity among people. It will never happen. It is a false uh, statement. This 
Buddha's prescription will only be successful, not the otherwise. So long as we continue to carry within our own minds this kind of thoughts that so-and-so had done so much harm to me, we shall be doing a lot of harm to ourselves first. This is a very important uh, lesson to learn. And this is what Buddha uh, has taught that how to overcome the ill will that is within us. This is a lesson from Dhammapada, Buddha is teaching in regard to the consequences of ill will and good will. He teaches that all that we are is the result of what we have thought. It is founded on our thoughts. It is made up of our thoughts. If a man speaks or acts with an evil thought, pain follows him just as the wheel follows the feet of the ox that draws the wagon. If a man speaks or acts with a pure thought, happiness follows him like a shadow never leaves him. It is a, it is a very interesting uh, teachings of Buddha that it is me who is going to suffer if I am having, harboring ill will and evil thoughts in my own mind. However, pain and suffering I could have inflicted on others immaterial, but it will be much, much more pain and suffering that I have to bear for the evil thoughts and ill will that I will be harboring in my own heart. Similarly, the otherwise also is equally true. The thoughts of goodwill will always bring peace and joy to the person who is harboring them. He says that if you are carrying ill will in your own mind, then you are all the time being followed by pain and suffering. Imagine a picture. Somebody has insulted you somewhere, said some words, very insulting, very painful. You have suffered very much internally. And you say that whole of my life I won't forget that insult. That man said me so and so. I'll take revenge and I'll never forget that. But what happens? Each time you remember that, you are actually reliving that painful incident. Each time you are remembering. So, how does that help you? By never forgetting somebody did some injustice to you, did something wrong to you, how does it help you? You continue to suffer. You continue to burn from within. And your pain and your suffering is following you. As Buddha says, that so long as we harbor the evil thoughts, the ill will within ourselves, the sufferings and pains will follow you like the wheels of the wagon that follows the feet of the ox that is drawing that wagon. So in the life story of Buddha and others we see 
that people have insulted them, done injustice to them. All those great teachers in their life to will find. And we'll see there, then and there, they would either forget, forgive, uh, in, in exchange, they will bless them, they will wish good to them, and there it ends. And if a person will carry in their own hearts only goodwill for everybody else, then it will be first a blessing to the person himself. It will have a great therapeutic effect on his own mind and on his, his, in his own heart. A person who is carrying only goodwill for everyone, his mind remains perfectly at peace and calm and full of joy. So he is the person who is going to enjoy the goodwill that he is carrying. And he will be the person who will be most suffering, who will be carrying in his mind evil thoughts, anger, ill will against others. This is a very important uh, uh, teaching that we find that Buddha has taught that Hatred always does deeper harm to the person who hates than to one who is hated. Hatred destroys auspicious qualities of the hater. Hence, he is spiritually injured. Knowing this very well, we must root out all of it from our mind. So, this is only one of the teachings from... Buddha's great teachings that we could uh, uh, try to understand today, follow today, because there are different levels of transformation of our states of consciousness have been taught by Buddha as we found. We were today just analyzing how if we could transform this one level of state of consciousness that will harbor only goodwill towards all, how that helps, how that helps in bringing first peace and unity and harmony within our own self, how that affects to spread the atmosphere of peace and harmony outside ourselves, how that helps in living with joy and happiness by following this teaching and how by not following them we shall be living in much more pain and suffering. This we could today at least try to understand and each other teachings, all these six levels of our transformation of states of consciousness are also, of course, very, very important and they need special attention to be analyzed and properly understood. Because without understanding each of them, we shall not be able to practice them. And to do them practice, apply them in our day-to-day -day life is a great treatment to our own mind. Everyone is seeking peace, 
everyone is seeking joy, everyone is seeking happiness, first for themselves and then for others. But ignorant of the steps that are most crucial to be taken in the right direction, we many a time, we just go the other way. We just take the wrong step. And instead of achieving peace, even for our own self, we live a life of great amount of pain and suffering. If we can achieve this first level of transforming our own state of consciousness in which we can harbor only peace, we can harbor only goodwill for everyone else universally, then all other steps will become much, much easier and we can really bring peace to us as well as for others. Thank you very much. Om Asato Ma Sadgamaya Tamaso Ma Jyotir Gamaya Mrityor Ma Mritam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 Om Lead me from unreal to real. Lead me from darkness to light. Lead me from death to immortality. Om, peace, peace, peace be unto us all.